welcome. I'm glad to see you today, and we want to welcome those who are worshiping with us online. We're delighted to have you as well. We start a new series today, and you saw that phrase, the decisions we make today determine the stories we tell tomorrow. Would you agree with that? And so those decisions, even though they may seem insignificant, can be very significant. And that's what I want to talk about today. And I want to think back to a time when I was in college a long time ago. And I was going to Middle Tennessee State University, and I was the day cook at Hardee's. Yes, I, Joe Lay, cooked your burgers at the busiest Hardee's in the whole state of Tennessee. And it was over that open flame that God called me into the ministry. I'm not kidding. I was cooking those burgers, and when I left that job and left school, I came to Niceville, Florida, and I worked in a Methodist church there as a youth minister, and I discerned my call to the ministry. So anyway, I'm up there in college, and I'm, I'm cooking burgers, and I'm going to Middle Tennessee State, and one Saturday, I had the day off. And what do you do when you're in college and you have the day off? Sleep. That's what everybody said in the first service. They remembered you sleep. But after you sleep, at some point, you wash your clothes, Okay. Some of you guys still don't know that, right? At least once a semester, you got to change the sheets and wash them, okay? So <laughs> you think I'm kidding. So, so anyway, you know, I was going to wash the clothes. But my buddy Jeff called me, who's a Methodist preacher today, and he said, I want you to go with me. I want you to go up on the mountain, the Monteagle Mountain, and it's not that far. We're going to go up there and see Steve Winton. Now, Steve grew up on the mountain. He was a student there, but his folks lived on the mountain, and that's where he was. And I said, okay, why are we going up there? He said, well, I'm going up there to get a color TV. I said, okay. So we drive up on the mountain, and when we get there to Steve's house, his parents are there, his mom says, well, he's not here right now, he's in town. Well, why is he in town? Well, because they're having Mountaineer Day today. How fortunate we are to make it for this. They're all dressed up like mountaineers, right? And there's food, and there's all kinds of activity going on. And so we drive down and go into Mountaineer Day on top of the mountain. We didn't even know that was happening. So we get there, and I'm standing with my buddies, and we're waiting to get this color TV. And by the way... The reason it's a color TV is because Steve painted the cabinet orange, okay? <laughs> you can't make this stuff up, okay? Really. Okay, so we get into town, and I'm standing there by my buddies, and I look, and this girl comes out of this house onto the front porch, and there's two of them, and the one in the back I'm looking at, and I lean over to Steve, my friend, and I say, hey, uh, who's that girl right there? And he says, she's Laura Scherer. She's 15. Leave her alone with friends like that who needs enemies, right? But I tried to impress this girl by sucking on a helium balloon at Mountaineer Day. <laughs> Have you ever done that, sucked on a helium balloon? It makes you talk funny. Well, I did that. And I want you to know that my wife, Laura, has no recollection of that event whatsoever. <laughs> the impression I made on her, nada, zippo, zero, nothing. Now, let me ask you a question. Who would not like this guy? Really, look at this guy. What's not to like about this guy, right? And, and so there I am, sucking on the helium balloon, doing the best I can. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Okay. So what did I do? I didn't give up. I just kept on. And, and what happened was that, that we finally started dating, and eventually we got engaged, and eventually we got married. Yeah, can you believe that? I, I didn't give up. Well, you know, what happened was it all started over 40 years ago. 
because of a color TV, and I wasn't even the one going after the color TV. And when I look back and think about that decision, it amazes me that that led to my future wife. See, there you go, right there. That's an answer to prayer right there. That tells you that prayer works. Just look at me, look at her, enough said, okay? So if you need to make a decision on your day off, don't stay home and wash clothes. Go to the mountain. Wash clothes when you get back, okay? Because the decisions we make today determine the stories that we tell tomorrow. And so the big question I want to ask today is, what decisions are you making today and what stories will you be telling tomorrow? Now, the book of Hebrews says this, Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. And so what's that about? Wouldn't it be amazing if we fixed our eyes on Jesus and let him become the author of our faith? So here's what I want to do today. I want you to think about what it is in your life that you need to start. What discipline do you need to start so that that you can see life-transforming things occur in your life? Now, there's a book called The Power of Habit, and this is what the book says. If you have one area of your life that's disciplined, where you do something that's disciplined, that will lead to you having another disciplined area of your life and another disciplined area of your life and another one after that. Because if you do the first one, you'll want to do the other ones as well. Conversely, if you have the absence of a discipline, then you don't do the first thing You won't do the second thing or the third thing or the fourth thing because you've really given up. You really don't care. And so you're not engaged in trying to change for the better. So when we're not doing those disciplines, our lifestyles start to unravel. Now, there are some positive habits that I have that I I wanted to start, and I did them, and I'm going to share some of them with you now. First of all, I want you to know this. I'm confessing before God and everybody that I will never stop flossing, okay? Because I knew you were sitting there thinking, does he floss? Really? That's what I need to know today. If I can know that, I can go home. My life will go on. I'll be a happy person. So I floss. Why do I floss? Because when I floss, I feel disciplined. That's right. And when I feel disciplined, then I want to exercise, right? And when I exercise, I feel better and I eat better. When I eat better, I sleep better. And then I wake up early in the morning and I have my quiet time and I'm ready to go take on the world. And I go to the church and I'm so productive and I'm full of God there. And then I'm able to finish my work early and I leave on time. And I go home and I see my wife and and I'm in a good mood and she's in a good mood. And Laura says, you're awesome. (laughs) And I say, you're awesome. All because I never quit flossing. Do you see how this works? Okay. (laughs) But if on the other side, I quit flossing, then I don't feel disciplined. If I don't feel disciplined, then I don't go work out. If I don't work out, I don't feel motivated to eat right. And if I don't eat right, I don't take care of myself and I don't sleep well. Therefore, I don't wake up on time. When I do wake up, it's late and I'm grumpy. And then I miss my Bible study, so I'm in a bad mood. And I get to church and people are mad at me and and I'm mad at them and I'm unproductive. And then I have to stay late because I didn't get my work done. And so now I'm in trouble with Laura because I'm going to come home late. And so I decide to drive really, really fast. And then a police officer starts chasing me to the house. And because I'm late with Laura, I I try to get away from the police officer. (laughs) Because I'm in a bad mood because I didn't read my Bible. But but he's able to get me with all those other police officers waiting in my driveway (laughs) when I get there. And he arrests me, and I go to jail, all because I didn't 
That's right, all because I didn't floss. Can you imagine sitting in a jail saying, jail cell saying, so what you in for? Didn't floss. <laughs> I mean, it could happen. You never can tell. Okay, so I exaggerated slightly today. But we all have those disciplines in our lives that create other disciplines or we have the absence of them that create the negative momentum. So I want to talk about Daniel today because Daniel had some great habits. He had some great disciplines in his life that we can follow his example. Now, King Darius is the king at that time, and he has 120 governors. They call them satraps. They're governors. That's what that means. And he picks three guys to be in charge of all of them. And Daniel's one of the three guys. And Daniel, he just stands out because he has integrity and leadership skills. And finally, the king says, you know what, Daniel, I'm just going to put you in charge of all of them. And now he's got all these guys that are jealous of him. And they said, we got to put a stop to this pet, Daniel, from the king. And so they pick up the story of Daniel in chapter 6, verses 4 and 5. And it says this, at this the administrators and the satraps or governors tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs, but they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. Finally, these men said, we will never find any basis for charges against this man Daniel unless it has something to do with the law of his God. Can you imagine your enemies looking at your life and saying, we can't find any dirt on this person. This person does everything the way God wants them to do it. And so we're going to have to find something that he does to be obedient to God that we can turn into something that the king will be opposed to. So they go to the king. They get this great idea. They say, hey, for 30 days, let's say that nobody can worship and pray to any god but you, king. And the king likes it because it makes him sound pretty good and important, right? So he says, okay. And by the way, if they do, they'll be thrown in the lion's den because they know Daniel will pray to his God. And so the king doesn't realize it. He says, okay, let's do that. Now here's why Daniel was looked upon favorably in this scripture. Here's why he was a man of integrity and there was no corruption found in him. Here's why the king promoted him. Here's why God showed favor on him and protected him from the lions in the den. Because years ago, Daniel made a decision. And he said, every day, I'm going to pray to my God, not just one time, but three times a day. And I'm not going to miss a day. And I'm going to do this because I want God to know that he's number one in my life. And I'm going to do it in obedience to him. And I'm going to do it to glorify him. And so in Daniel 6.10, it says... Now, when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, what decree? The decree that says if you bow down and pray, then you're going to be thrown in the lion's den. He went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God just as he had done before. I like that phrase, just as he had done before. It didn't shake him. It didn't change a thing. He just did what he had always done. Now, how, who knows how long he had done that? Is that something he'd been doing for weeks or months or maybe years? Or maybe for over a decade he'd been doing that. It was just what he did. He just did it every day. He knew it was important. He was successful, a man of integrity, looked upon favorably and promoted because he made a decision to start to pray three times a day. And later his story was that he prayed three times a day because he made that decision. 
The decisions we make today determine the stories we tell tomorrow. So there are two questions I want to ask you today. What does God want you to want? That's number one. What does God want you to want? If you're really honest, you'll say, okay, well, yeah, I guess there is this one area of my life that's not quite right. Now, I'm sure that God would like to change that part of my life. And nobody has to tell you what it is. It just comes to you when I ask you that question. And so I want you to jot it down there on your little outline where the lines are. Just write down something. Write down something that triggers that thought to your mind that says, this is the thing that I want to give to God this year. This is what I want to see change. So my story will be different. Maybe it's your budget. Maybe it's your finances. They're in trouble, and so you're going to have to budget. You're going to have to take a financial class. You're going to have to get a mentor. You're going to have to make a decision to start to work on that today. And then five years from now, your story could be, we used to be totally in debt, wrapped up in debt. Now we're totally debt-free because we looked at it, we decided to start, and now our story is that we're debt-free. Or it could be that God wants you to have the right priorities so that years from now you could say, you know, I wasn't a good husband or I wasn't a good wife or I wasn't a good spouse. And, you know, I was just too focused on my career and that was my God. And, and so I just spent all my time at work and that was my number one priority. But then I realized I was neglecting my family and so I made some changes and I decided to go home early and leave work at the office. And since that time, I've developed a relationship with my family and, and my kids know me now and I know them and my spouse knows me now and I know them. That could be your story if you decided to change today could be the way you take care of your body. You might say several years ago, I, I was overweight. I weighed too much. And the doctor told me I needed to lose weight, and so I decided to start. And I started, and, and then I lost that weight. And today, I'm in good shape, and I'm doing the right things physically now, and I, I'm, I'm healthy because I made that decision. The second thing I want to ask you is, what do you need to start? What do you need to want? What do you need to start? In order to tell the story God wants you to tell. Now, listen. Some of you are overachievers, and you know who you are. Do you know who you are? If you don't know, your spouse is next to you. They're pointing at you right now. That's what's going on. They're going right here. This is an overachiever. Because here's what happens with overachievers. They don't just pick one thing, as I suggested. They pick seven or nine or a ton of things. I'm going to change all these things, right? Ah, wrong. And so what I want to challenge you to do is just pick one thing and commit to that one thing and do that one thing faithfully this year so that your story will be different years from now. Pray and ask God, what do you want me to want and what do you want me to tell? And then you can tell that. Now, I've started some disciplines in my life. Early in my ministry, I didn't know how to stop work. Can you believe it? I would just stay at the office. I was at a new church. The only staff we had was me. I just had a staff meeting all the time wherever I went. I just walked around talking to myself everywhere. That's right, because I didn't have anybody to turn to. And, you know, I just worked and worked, and I was working too many hours. And so the folks in the church said, you're not taking care of yourself. You need to take some time off and go to counseling. And I did. And it helped me. And, and I was able to keep a time chart and keep up with how much I worked. And I realized that, you know, I was more productive working about 20 less hours a week than I was working then. And so it was different because of that. I made a decision. Now, my story could have been with my kids that they would say, well, we ne our dad neglected us. We never saw him. He was always at the office, and we didn't have a relationship with him and feel loved or valued, but it didn't work out that way because I made a decision to start. And today they'll tell you, 
You know, our dad was great. He was there. He was at the ball game every time we played ball. He was, at the dance recitals, he was there. He went to everything. He prayed with us. He read to us. He was there, and, and he was a great dad. And the reason is is because I made a decision to start early on. Let me tell you another thing I decided to do. I decided to start reading through the Bible every year about 18 years ago. And so I got this little journal, and, I, and God convicted me to do it, and I didn't want to do it. And God and I were at odds about it, and guess who won? And so I started doing it, and now I've got stacks of those things. And I read through the Bible in one year, and I've done it for 18 years. I got a new one this year that I'm doing, and, I, and they're just filled up now. And I write down, I, I go, okay, this is what I read today. These are the notes I want to take about that today. And I don't even think about it anymore. I just do I did it this morning. It's just second nature to me. I just get up and I do it every day. So here's the question. What does God want you to start? Maybe you've got some issues with insecurity or overeating. Or maybe you've got an addiction. Or maybe you're really bad at, at, at the thinking, the thought process in your life. Or maybe today you've got some unforgiveness. Or maybe today you need to start counseling because you don't know how to deal with the issues that you have. Whatever it is... You know, you've you got to stop believing the lies that the enemy tells you to hear the truth that the throne will share with you, that God will give you. And so you need to renew your mind, and he's the one who can do that. And you can do that through his word and through maybe counseling with someone who can help you to process that. For some of you, it might be that you need to work on your marriage. It's not what it needs to be. And you know it, and you're not dealing with it. You're just avoiding it. But you know that you need to make some decisions. Maybe you ought to start praying together. Because let me tell you something. If you pray together, here's what's going to happen. You can't stay mad at each other, right? Come on over here and sit down. We'll pray together. Not if you're mad at each other, you won't. And so you know you got to pray together, so you got to make that right, right? Um, maybe you might get together and you might say, you know, what we need to do is have a date night. we got about 25 kids here, and we don't ever get to see each other. And so we need to have a date night where we can just have a few hours to talk to each other, and it totally can change our marriage. Maybe it's your spiritual life, and you know that maybe God's convicting you, and maybe you ought to keep a journal and read through the Bible in a year. And, and maybe you might want to come by the office and get one of those little journals there and, and make a small donation to the Woodlawn United Methodist Church while you're there. Just sign the check, and I'll fill it out for you when you come, okay? <laughs> now, you know, maybe, maybe you just want to make a decision about attending worship. That you're not going to just go two times a month anymore. And maybe you're going to get involved, and maybe you're going to get in a small group, and maybe you're going to start contributing financially, and maybe you're going to serve. You're going to say, you know, I could turn the air conditioner on in here when it's hot so that you don't get hot when you're sitting in church and you have to fan. I could do that. Maybe next week you might want to do that, right? Some of you might get involved in a life group. I don't know what it would be, but God does. And if you'll ask him, he'll tell you. The decisions you make today determine the stories you tell tomorrow. Now, let me wrap this up. In 1 Kings chapter 20, it says the prophet said that God is going to give this opposing army into your hands. Let me share what it says there in verse 13. Meanwhile, a prophet came to Ahab, king of Israel, and announced, This is what the Lord says. Do you see this vast army? I will give it into your hand today, and then you will know that I am the Lord. But who will do this? asked Ahab. The prophet replied, This is what the Lord says. The young officers of the provincial command commanders will do it. And who will start the battle? he asked. And the prophet answered, You will. 
Has God ever said that to you? Who's going to do it? And God looks at you and says, you will. And you go, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Surely you're not talking to me, right? But he does that, doesn't he? Now, who's going to start a discipline in your life if you don't do it? Somebody else going to make that happen for you? No, you have to decide. So today I want to ask you, in your little outline there right now, what's the thing that God's really saying to you today? What's he really speaking to you that he wants you to see changed so that five years from now you'll tell a different story? Just think about that and the difference it can make. Three times a day, Daniel made a decision, I'm going to pray. And years later, he was still doing the same thing. And look at the story he was able to tell because of it. Your story can be worth telling if you make the decision now to work on it so that you can tell what God wants you to tell. Let's pray. Father, we're just grateful for an opportunity to worship you today. And we pray that you might speak to us and that we might hear. We pray in your son's name.